This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman for whose safety Batman and Robin are today greatly concerned. We'll join the famous pair in just a moment. But right now, here is our good friend, Dan McCullough. You know, uh, even though you fellows and girls are mighty fond of eating crisp, sunny-flavored Kellogg's Pep, you're not a bit sorry to see the box empty because you always know that Mom will get you some more of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal double quick. And you know that you'll be adding another of those snappy comic buttons to your collection. Maybe Orphan Annie, with her brilliant red dress and curly hair. Or her dog Sandy, looking so real that he could bark. Or even Superman himself, complete with bright blue jersey and red cape flying in the wind. Now, if it should happen to be a duplicate, you know, a button you already have, well, that's even more fun because you can trade with your pals. So whatever funny paper character it is, you're sure to have another smart-looking comic button to pin on your jacket or your dress or cap. Now, how you get these swell comic buttons is important. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. Fact is, you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to ask Mom to get you a good supply of Kellogg's Pep, and you'll find your prize inside the package. One of these brilliant, gleaming comic buttons. Just ask Mom for P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Fearful for his safety while Superman is alive, Mr. Jones, the cunning leader of the Crescent and Star Gang, allied himself with a powerful racketeer called the Laffer, who had one of the two stolen pieces of kryptonite, the strange green glowing element which robbed Superman of his strength. Jones had a small portion of the element dissolved and dyed the color of ink and placed in an ordinary-looking ink bottle. Then, posing as his twin brother, the kindly music teacher, he pretended to negotiate with Superman for the kryptonite. Suddenly, he removed the stopper of the ink bottle, and as the emanations of the deadly element reached him, the man of steel became dazed and helpless. As we continue now, it is 8.30 of a dark, moonless night, and outside the apartment house in which Superman has been trapped, his friends Batman and Robin wait. Listen. Oh, I don't like this, Robin. Superman's been in there half an hour already. Stop worrying, Batman. I I can't. Well, if you have to worry, do it while we walk, will you? It's too cold to stand still on this snow. You walk if you want to. I'm going to stand right here where I can see both entrances to the apartment. Both entrances? Right, the front and the rear. All right. 
Robin. Oh, decided to walk after all? Just as far as the front entrance hall. Here, here we are. Inside, come on. Ah, we wait in here where it's warm, huh? Nope. We find the bell. We wanted a wall there. And we'll ring it. Wait a minute, that I'm not waiting any longer. I didn't like the setup from the beginning. I like it less every minute. Let's see. Now, here, here we are. Algernon Phillips. First floor flunk. And then I'll give him a ring. We can't ask him if Superman is all right. I'll think we're nuts. Well, tell him we're from the gas company or something. And these costumes? And never mind that. Why doesn't he answer? Are you sure the bell is working? Yes, yes. I can hear it through the speaking tube. Ring it again. That's what I'm doing. Something's wrong, Robin. Come on. Where? Around the back way. Now remember, there's a transom over the back door. Say, you have got the jitters. That's a crawly feeling I always get on the back of my neck when there's danger. Will you please tell me how Superman could be in danger with Algen on the music teacher? He's a mouse. He's Jones's brother. And Jones is a rat. Also, he's got the kryptonite. Oh, here. Here are the stairs. I see them. Oh, good. Transom's open a crack. I'll boost you up and you take a look-see. Okay, but we're wasting our time. We'll find out. All right. Up. Up you go. Uh, check. Can you see? Just a minute. I... Yeah, now I can. Hey, that's funny. What? Nobody's home. You sure? Positive. can see the whole layout. It's just a little kitchenette in the music studio. The lights are on, but Superman isn't there. Or Algernon either. Oh. All right, come on down. How do you add this up, Batman? I don't know. They couldn't have left the studio without our seeing them. I was watching both entrances. Maybe Superman left by a window and took Algernon with him. No, no. The only windows are the three in front of the studio. We would have seen them. Now, where... Wait a minute. Of course. Come on. Of course what? There's a door to the basement under these stairs. You see? Sure enough. Here. Here we... Uh-oh. On the double, Robin. What gives? There's Mr. Jones in the alley. Jones, he got away. In an ambulance. You sure it was Jones? Jones or his twin brother with two other men. With someone else on a stretcher into an ambulance. Gosh, who do you suppose that was? Well, it could have been Superman. Superman? Yes. Hey, hey, here comes a truck. Hop in the middle of the alley and flag it. Good idea. We'll chase the ambulance. Right. Okay. Hop in, Robin. Hey, what's the matter? You fellas are standing in front of the truck. Hey, what kind of clothes you got on? Never mind that, buddy. Quick. Follow those twin tail lights up the alley. Hurry. Ah, no, sir. I'm a tired from a walk all the day. I'm a better defense. A hundred dollars will rest you up nicely, won't it? A hundred dollars? That's right. Catch that ambulance, and the hundred dollars is yours. Now get going. Why you don't say that in the first place? Hang on and I'll step on it, will you? We gotta get to that street before they're out of sight. For a hundred dollars, I'ma catch him, you betcha. If this jalopy holds together, you mean? He would draw a coffee grinder like this in a pinch, Batman. Mm, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, chum. The ambulance turned right going out the alley, didn't it? Yes. Well, better turn right here. Okay, you betcha. I don't see the ambulance. Yes, I, I hear it. Yeah, the siren, I hear it. Come on, step on it, Tony. Hey, how do you know my name's Tony? I'm psychic that way. Can't you get me more speed out of this buggy? I'm allowed to know, but I'm going to try. Hey, you hold out of your hatch. Ain't got no springs left in the body. I practically got no body left, but let her rip, Tony. Got any idea where we are, Batman? Yes. This is the Mount George Road. And look, Robin. 
There goes the ambulance up the mountain. Uh-huh. What do you suppose they're going up to that deserted neck of the woods for? I don't know. Except it's for no good. Hey, Tony. Do you think your truck can climb that mountain? My truck, she's a climber anything, even a telegraph pole. It had better. We get stuck out here, we're done for. This is no man's land. I'm a tell you, Donna Wallace. This one fine truck, you betcha my life. I'm sure it was back in 1915. Ah, wait a minute. She's a plant to go to right now. She's a kind of... She's a... Uh-oh. Hey, what's the matter? Well, you took the words right out of my mouth, Tony. Hey, Tom, I think it's the matter with my clothes. Don't look now, but I think we're sliding back downhill. Oh, mommy. Come on, Tony, come on. Get her started again. <laughs> I'm afraid this is a dead pigeon battery. Hey, something's the matter with my truck. Come on! Hurry, man, hurry. That ambulance is almost out of sight. Oh, that's all, brother. Oh, the battery's finished. Dead as a doornail. Uh-huh. Now what do we do? I'm not to know, gentlemen. I'm afraid that Tony's a truck. She's a finish. Dismayed, Batman and Robin sit in the disabled vegetable truck, watching the taillights of the ambulance disappear at the top of Mount George, and hearing a siren wail as if in grim irony. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. <laughs> In a low, rectangular building of stone and steel at the top of Mount George, 60 miles from Metropolis, a strange scene is taking place. A vast laboratory below a domed skylight contains a huge, round, furnace-like object about 10 feet high with steel walls 3 feet thick. Just behind it is a glass-enclosed giant control board, gleaming with dials and small levers. Standing beside it, dwarfed by its size, are a short, dapper Japanese and the slender, scholarly Mr. Jones. Behind them, flanked by Tara, Mr. Jones's Hindu boy servant, and two burly men, Superman, barely conscious, lies on a stretcher on the stone floor. His eyes are glazed, and he is kept powerless to move by Tara, who passes the ink bottle containing the kryptonite solution under the Man of Steel's nose at regular intervals. Mr. Jones is speaking. Everything is ready, Professor Noshima. Yes, Mr. Jones. The Laffer's men easily conquered the few guards who are here. How about the cyclotron? It is in excellent condition. Good, good. Now, you're certain you can finish Superman? Of course, Mr. Jones. As I explained, the Ataman failed to destroy him because the nuclear fission was not properly controlled. What I have done is to prepare a moderator of graphite in the kryptonite given me by the Laffer. The moderator will slow up fission just enough to ensure a chain reaction. And that will finish Superman. Completely. He will be disintegrated. You're certain of this? You can't possibly be mistaken? Not possibly. Ah, good, Professor Noshima. Excellent. With Superman dead, we will be saved. Then we will get the other piece of kryptonite from the vulture. <laughs> and you know what we will do then. Uh, I do indeed, Mr. Jones. And let's get this over with. Go to work, Noshim. Very well. You, gentlemen, play Superman in the soccer drum, please. Here, I will open the funnel for you. Hurry! Tara! Marco! Okay, Mr. Jones. Oh, oh don't. You can't do it. <laughs> the great Superman! No. This is the end of you, my no. friend. You can't do it, Jones. You can't get in there. Push, Tara. Oh. He's inside. Yes. I will now close the cyclotron. Like this. 
Now, if you will sit beside me at the control board, Mr. Jones, the X-ray machine will permit you to see the end of Superman. Fine, Noshima. Fine. Now, we begin the fit-on of the kryptonite. In just one moment now, you will see the utter destruction of Superman. evil face twisted into one of his rare gloating smiles, Mr. Jones sits at the huge control board of the cyclotron beside the Japanese scientist, Professor Noshima, and waits for the destruction of his greatest enemy. In one moment, the terrible chain reaction of the kryptonite described by Noshima will begin. Has the Man of Steel finally come to the end of his great career on Earth? Fellows and girls, Monday's episode is amazing and thrilling, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, and follow the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman, brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. Superman is also a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Publications. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh? It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! Loot Crate video box! What's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are boxes just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash Loot Crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S. S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman. And today, the Man of Steel is alone and helpless in a deadly atomic cyclotron. We'll learn what happens in a moment, but right now, let's stand by for a word from our good friend, Dan McCullough. You know, uh, most fellows and girls think that surprises are more fun than anything. That's why you members of the gang get such a kick out of it when Mom opens a new package of Kellogg's Pep. Of course, it's no surprise that this super delicious whole wheat flake cereal makes doggone good eating. But you never know exactly which comic button you're going to find inside the package. It might be a brand new one, maybe Periwinkle with his bright red bow tie, or Orphan Annie's dog Sandy, or even Superman himself looking mighty powerful in his brilliant red and blue jersey. And if it's a duplicate comic button, you know, like one you already have pinned on your jacket or your dresser cap, why, that's even more fun, because then you can exchange with your pals. 
And are these buttons smart looking? Why, every single one of these 18 funny paper favorites looks a doggone real that, well, you'd know them right off the bat. But the best part is, these comic buttons are so easy to collect. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. Fact is, you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to make sure Mom gets you plenty of Kellogg's Pep, and you'll find your prize inside the package. So get your comic buttons, gang, from P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Resolved to ensure his own safety by eliminating Superman, Mr. Jones, the sinister and mysterious leader of the Crescent and Star Gang, obtained possession of a piece of kryptonite, the rare and deadly element, which, because of some curious chemical action, robbed Superman of all his great strength. By a clever ruse, Mr. Jones lured the Man of Steel into the presence of the kryptonite, and once dazed and helpless, he was taken to a laboratory on a mountain near Metropolis. Meanwhile, the truck in which Batman and Robin were trailing Mr. Jones broke down at the foot of the mountain. As we continue now, Superman's half-conscious body has been placed in a huge oven-like cyclotron, a machine used for smashing atoms. Seated at the cyclotron control board with Mr. Jones is Professor Noshima, a Japanese expert on atomics. He slowly turns a dial, and a low, eerie hum rises from the monstrous machine. Listen. In a very few minutes, Mr. Jones, the nuclear fission of the kryptonite will begin. And that will be the end of Superman. You're sure, Noshima? I am positive. The piece of kryptonite you gave me is the most radioactive element in existence. When its atoms are bombarded, it releases a hundredfold more neutrons than even U-235 or plutonium. Nothing on Earth can withstand its force. That's what the Germans thought when they created their atom man. But it didn't work. Superman survived. I have told you, they made one mistake. Uh, you told me, but frankly, I, I didn't understand you. This is all Greek to me. It is really quite simple. When the atom is smashed and the neutrons are permitted to escape, they must escape in what is called a fission or a chain, just as the machine gun bullets escape from the muzzle of a gun one after the other. Yes, I, I see. The Germans, in creating their atomic man, did not provide for a continuous chain reaction. Therefore, the bombardment of Superman's body was not complete. And in this machine, it will be? Yes. <laughs> What's that? The heat is expanding the kryptonite and feeding it into position. In a moment or two, the atomic reaction will begin. You wish to observe it? You mean, I can actually watch Superman being destroyed? Yes. Yes, put these dark glasses on. They will protect your eyes from the blinding light which will soon develop. Uh, all right. Now, look directly at the glass panel on the control board. At intervals, a bell will ring, and you will see reflected on the panel exactly what is going on within the cyclotron. There, it begins. Yes. Yes, I see him. He's on his hands and knees. He's struggling against the atomic reaction. What are those strange green flashes? Like miniature lightning. Those are the beta rays of the kryptonite. Watch closely now. In less than a minute, you will see... No, wait! Who is that? Jones! Jones! It's the Lapa. Don't bother us now, Lapa. We're in the middle of a... Get off, I think. I've got to talk to you. Not now. Turn it off, I said. There's trouble. Trouble? Uh, turn it off, Noshima. Well, very well, Mr. Jones. Now, uh, what is it, Lapa? Why didn't you close the door? 
You know how sensitive I am to drafts. Now I'll have to spray my throat. Stop wasting time with that spray bottle and listen. I'm listening. I don't want to catch pneumonia. Maybe that'll be better than the electric chair. Electric chair? What are you talking about? You remember that trick you said was following you out here tonight? I said I thought it was following us. I was mistaken. It turned off at the foot of the mountain. That's what you think. It parked down there with its lights out. It did? Yes. Your boys, Tara and Marco, started down to look it over. I heard a rumpus in the dark went down after them. I found them both in a ditch alongside the road, out cold. What? Who did it? I didn't wait for them to come to tell me. I hurried back here. I may have been police or FBI men in that truck. Exactly what I was thinking, Jones, and so I'm getting out. I stopped by to tip you off and pick up my kryptonite. I'll take the back road down the mountains to the woods. You're crazy. You can't leave now. I'm not tangling with the police, Jones. They've got too much on me. Let me have that kryptonite. We can't give it to you. It's in the cyclotron. Well, get it out and hurry. Don't be a fool, Arthur. We've got Superman in there. In a minute or two, we'll finish him. Yeah, well, maybe I can or maybe I can't, and I'm not waiting. Now, will you get it out for me? Don't move, Arthur. Ah, put down that gun, ah, Jones. no. You're not going to upset my plans, you stupid coward. The police, There's you fool. plenty of time to take care of Superman. Before they get here. They might be hiding in the woods outside right now. It's pitch dark. They can sneak this up This laboratory there. is built of stone and steel. Walls are three feet thick. Noshima. Uh, yes, Mr. Dunn. Close the outside door and bolt it. Hurry! But listen to me, Jones. Ah, don't move, Lafa. You'll never move again. Close and bolt the door, Noshima. But uh, the Lafa might be right. If many police come, we should escape before they reach you. Will you do as I say? Or shall I shoot you? No, 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 no. Do, do, do not. I will do as you say. Hurry! You're crazy, Jones. I should have known better than to hook up with you. What if the walls are three feet thick? We can't stay here forever. We'll be trapped like rats. Ah, no, we won't. <laughs> At least I won't. I have a plan. I always oh, have a plan. Mr. Batman, it's Batman. I've got it, Robin. Let me go. No, you don't. Mr. Jones! It's Batman and Robin. Oh, so again. I'll take care of them. Take the floor, Robin. They got the jet. And now we'll get you! What happened to the lights? Batman, turn them off. Come on, Robin. Up and out of right beside you, Pappy. I can't see them! There they are! You okay, Robin? Never better. I see a big fat shadow ahead. Oh, that's the laugher. And he's for me. Oh, yeah. Come and get me. Well, here I come. Get you on, Robin. Check. How do you like that, Lapper? Come on, Lapper. It's a lamp. Ah, murder you, Batman. Yeah, try it, that stuff. And try this on your foot. That takes care of our Lappy, friend. Robin. Hey, Robin, where are you? Looking for Jones. Where are you, Jonesy? I've got something for you. Yeah, so have I. Speak up, Jones. Stay away. Oh, he's off to the right. Stay away, I said. Or I'll turn the dial on the cyclotron. And Superman will be finished. He's inside. Christopher Columbus. He's blocked. Got my hand on the dial. If I hear you take one step toward me, and I warn you, I've got ears like a cat, I'll turn the dial, and Superman will die. Who are you trying to kill? I'll show you. Look. Look at this glass plate on the control board. You can see him. Jeepers, he's right, Batman. Superman is in the cyclotron. Yes. Now, listen to me. I want you both to walk back to the door. Turn on the lights when you get there so I can see you. Then walk out of the door. Get started and I'll turn the dial, and that'll be the end of Superman. What'll we do, Batman? I don't know, Chum. It looks like he's got us. Helpless, torn with indecision, 
Batman and Robin stand in the darkness while a few feet away at the huge control board, Mr. Jones holds his hand on one of the innumerable dials. What will happen? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. Having fought their way into a mountain laboratory where Superman is helpless in a huge atom-smashing cyclotron, Batman and Robin disposed of the laugher only to be stopped by the cunning Mr. Jones. Standing in the dark laboratory, his hand on one of the many dials on the great control board, Mr. Jones threatens that unless Batman and Robin leave, he will twist the dial and destroy Superman. Batman and Robin discuss their predicament in low tones. What do we do, Batman? Not looking to the door, I said. I'll count to three. If you don't stop by then, I'll turn the dial. Okay. You win, Jones. I always win. All right. Walk to the door. Turn on the lights there and then leave. Okay. We can't trust him, Robin. He'll turn that dial as soon as we're out of the place. Sure he will. Then let's take him in fast. He's just off to the right. Check. I'll start counting. One. Come on, Robin. Four. All right. I intended to finish Superman anyhow. Now, in a moment, Superman will be dead. Oh, yeah? I've got him, Robin. Turn off the cyclotron. Okay, take the one for me. Wait! Wait, you hear that? In a few seconds, the kryptonite atoms will bombard Superman and destroy him. Turn it off, Robin. Hurry! I'm trying to, but there are a hundred dials and levers and gadgets on this board. I don't know which is which. Which is the right dial, Jones? Hurry and turn it for us. No! No! You've got me, but Superman will die. And only a few Robin, now. Robin, for sake. Nothing happens. Help me, Batman. Okay. Come here, Jones. I can show you how to turn it off. But I won't. Superman will die. He'll die. Frantically, Batman and Robin twist dials and press levers on the huge control board, seeking in vain to stop the atomic chain reaction of the kryptonite, which is now beginning. And within the great cyclotron, Superman lies helpless as the green lightning flashes and forks toward him. Have Batman and Robin battled so gallantly against such great odds to save their famous friend, only to fail at the very end? Don't miss tomorrow's smashing climax of our story, fellows and girls. Amazing and exciting things happen. So be sure to tune in. Same time, same station. And thrill to The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday. Same time, same station. By the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, we shall learn whether Batman and Robin will be able to save the life of the Man of Steel. We'll take you to the scene on Mount George in a moment. But right now, here is your announcer with a friendly tip. 
Say, gang, just in case Mom should ask, here's what to tell her about why you like Kellogg's Pep for breakfast. First of all, this super delicious whole wheat flake cereal tastes a doggone good. It's crisp as can be and loaded with sunny golden toasted flavor. Then Kellogg's Pep is good for you. Got extra amounts of two important vitamins you need. That's vitamin B1, an energy vitamin, and good old sunshine vitamin D. And, of course, you get a new comic button for your collection every time Mom opens a new package of Pep. Maybe it's Kale, that little whippersnapper who sleeps in dresser drawers. Or Smokey Stover in his brilliant red fireman's cap. Maybe Superman himself. Now, if it's a duplicate, like one you already have, well, that's even more fun because then you can trade with your pals and still add a new comic strip character to your collection and wear it pinned to your jacket or your dresser cap. So how about asking Mom to get you some Kellogg's Pep tomorrow? That's the only way you can get these smart-looking buttons, you know. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop, and you can't buy them anywhere. But there's a comic button for you in every package of P-E-P Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Overpowered by a solution of kryptonite, the deadly radioactive element which robs him of his great strength, Superman was taken to a secret laboratory on a mountain near Metropolis. There he was placed in a gigantic cyclotron, a huge atom-smashing machine. And Mr. Jones, the murderous leader of the Crescent and Star Gang, and a Japanese scientist, prepared to destroy him by bombarding him with the shattered atoms of the kryptonite. Batman and Robin arrived in time to overpower Jones's henchmen. But in the darkness, Jones managed to reach the control board of the cyclotron and start the deadly atomic bombardment. As we continue now, in the dark laboratory, Batman and Robin are working desperately with the dials and levers on the great control board in an effort to shut off the current. Mr. Jones, attempting to escape, has been knocked out by Batman. Listen. Batman, how do you turn this thing off? We've got to find the right dial or lever. Sure, but which one? There are dozens of them, and it's pitch dark. Let's try them all. No, no, wait, Robin. Why? You try the dials. They're in rows on the left side of the control board. I'll try the levers on the right. One of them must be the master control. Okay. Hurry, Robin. Something's exploding inside the machine. If we turn this thing off soon, it'll be the end of Superman. How do you know? Look at the ground glass window on the control board. It shows what's going on in the cyclotron. See the flashes of green lightning? Oh, yes. And look at poor Superman lying there. Hard and jeepers, they're getting louder. Hurry, Robert. Hurry. I've tried every one of these dials. We'll find them again. Can we get the cyclotron door open? It's not the dark. We haven't time to look for a light switch. Oh, look at the green lightning now. It's starting to hit Superman. Oh, I'm afraid he's done for. Say, Robin, we must have found the master control. The lightning's fading out. Oh, I hope it's not too late. Don't touch the dials now. Don't touch anything. That does it. All quiet. Oh, my knees are like water. Do you suppose we got it turned off in time to save Superman? We'll find out once we get some light. Uh, where's the switch? At the end of the room, near the door. Got it? Not yet. Oh, here it is. Yeah, that's better. Now to get that slack of door open. Let me at it, Robin. Okay, turn the handle. That does it. Oh, golly, Superman looks... looks. Never mind. Take hold of his leg now and pull. Right. There we are. Now, let's see. Is he alive? I'm... alive. Here, Robin? Hallelujah. Get me. Away. Kryptonite. In... Cyclotron. You bet. Lend a hand, Robin. Right. He's a big boy, isn't he? Okay, this is far enough. Feel better, Superman? 
I'm pretty weak, but I'll be all right. Soon. Sure you will. Oh, 30 seconds more, though. Would have been all over. Much obliged, boys. Forget it. You saved our hash a couple of times. Particularly in Mr. Jones's room zero. Speaking of Mr. Jones, where is he? Hey, that's what I want to know. You slapped him down right here, Batman. Well, he must have come to and beat it when we are working on the control board. And the lapper got away, too. Oh, wait. I see them. You do? Where? Jones is running down the mountain through the woods. The lapper and several of his men are driving along the main road in a car. Oh, oh and we haven't got a car. Don't worry. I'll collect our murderous friends. You? But you can't. I'm you're... all right now. You fellas stay here and guard that cyclotron. What's left of the kryptonite is in it. I'll be back soon with the police. Right. Good luck, Superman. Thanks. Through that door. Now, up and away! Now, let's see. Well, ah, there's Mr. Jones. Thought he got away from me again, did he? Well, he's in for a little shock. Down and grab him. Down! Surprise, Mr. Jones! Hang on to your atomizer. We're going for a ride. Up! And away! Carrying the completely frightened leader of the Crescent and Star Gang, Superman takes off after the car in which the Laffer and his crew are attempting to escape, swooping down on them like an avenging eagle. After delivering them all to the Metropolis Police Headquarters, he returns to the laboratory in Mount George with Inspector Henderson and a department scientist. He looks on as the balance of the kryptonite is destroyed in the cyclotron. The next morning... Once more in his guise and garb of the mild-mannered reporter, Clark Kent, he enters Editor Perry White's office in the Daily Planet. Good morning, Chief. Huh? Oh, uh, good morning, Kent. Well, I like the story I got last night. Story? Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean about Superman, Batman, and Robin nailing Mr. Jones in the lapper? And the kryptonite. Jones swears both the stolen pieces were in the atomic pile in the cyclotron, so all of my, uh, all of Superman's worries are over. That's mm, fine, fine. Say, incidentally, I just stopped at headquarters. Jones broke down and told Inspector Henderson where he'd hidden the records of the Crescent and Star Gang. Henderson is turning handsprings of joy. Now he can finish mopping up one of the worst confidence rings in the country. Good. Oh, and the police rescued Jones's brother, you know, the nice little music teacher? Jones was planning to rub him out. Uh, nice story, Ken, nice story. Hey, now, look, I'm not, I'm not asking for any bouquets, but considering that we did scoop the town on a terrific story, you might show a little more enthusiasm. Enthusiasm? Yes. You might at least say, nice story, as if you meant it. Or you might even give me a $5 raise. You know, come to think of it, I haven't had one for quite a while. A little raise is good for morale. A raise, mm-hmm. yes, uh, yes, a raise. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you, Chief? No, there's nothing wrong with me. It's Lois. Lois? Yes, she's been acting very strangely the last few days. Hasn't been herself at all. What do you mean? Well, this morning, before I left my house to come to the office, she called me. Yes? She said she was resigning from the Daily Planet. What? That's right. Wouldn't give any reason, just said she was resigning. When I tried to argue with her, she said it was no use that she was through. Then she burst out crying and hung up. And when I called her back, there was no answer. No answer? That's funny. Puzzled, Clark Kent stares at his deeply worried editor. Lois resigning. What does this mean? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. In his office at the Daily Planet, editor Perry White has just told Clark Kent that Lois Lane, star girl reporter, has resigned under mysterious circumstances. Lois resigned from the planet, White. That's impossible, Chief. Yes, that's what I would have said. Lois? Why, why, she's a part of this paper. She's like my own daughter. Yes, I know. She, uh, 
She didn't give any reason? No, no. I asked her if it was a question of money, but she said that had nothing to do with it. She refused to discuss it. When I tried to question her, she burst out crying and hung up. That's odd. You say she's been acting strangely? Yes, for several days now, while you were away on the Jones story. Oh? At times, she seemed to be in a trance. You talked to her and she didn't hear you. What? Other times, she was nervous and irritable. Fly off the handle if you so much as asked her how she felt. Well, that doesn't sound like Lois at all. Oh, no, of course it doesn't. Her work has fallen off, too. You should see how she botched up a Sunday feature assignment. Well, you'd swear a cub reporter had written it. Well, did you talk to her about it? Why, of course I did. I talked to her like a Dutch uncle. I told her I knew something was bothering her. And if she'd tell me what it was, I'd do everything I could to help her. And what happened? Well, she flew into a towering rage and told me to stop persecuting her. Persecuting? Those were her very words. She said I'd been persecuting her for years and it had to stop. Well, I'll be done. Can't. Can you imagine that? Me persecuting her? <laughs> Why, there's nothing I wouldn't do for Lois. Well, it sounds to me as if she's in some sort of trouble. She... Why, of course. Of course she is. But she won't tell me what it is. Oh, she is now. Well, morning, Lois. Oh, uh, good morning. Hello there, Lois. Oh. You were talking about me, weren't you? Uh, about you? Why, uh... You were? I could tell by the way you suddenly stopped when I came in. Oh, now, just a minute, You Lois. stay out of this, Clark. You were talking about me, weren't you, Chief? Why, as a matter of fact, I was telling Kent about your sudden resignation. I knew it. You're always talking about me. Trying to poison people against me. What? Ever since I came to work for you, you've been persecuting me. Spying on me, nagging me, and then talking about me behind my back. Lois. You thought I didn't know, but I did. Well, of all the... Now, look here, Lois. Listen, Lois, I don't know what's come over you, but... I've come to my senses, that's all. And I told you to stay out of this, Clark. I'm sorry. This is between Perry White and me. And I'm going to settle it once and for all. Nobody, nobody can ruin my life, drive me out of my mind. Ruin your life? Wait, well, you're crazy. There, you see? You said it. That's what you've been telling everyone, that I'm crazy. What? Well, I'm not, and you're not going to make me crazy. Well, Lois, control yourself. You don't know what you're saying. Oh, yes, I do. My eyes were closed for a long time, but they're open now. Oh, now, look. I know how to take care of myself, and I'll show you that I do. With this... Lois! Put that gun down, Lois! Not until I fired a bullet into that ugly, scheming brain of yours. Goodbye, Mr. White. Goodbye. Shocked with horror, Perry White and Clark Kent stand frozen in their tracks as the wild-eyed girl reporter levels a pistol at the gray-haired editor and tightens her finger on the trigger. What has happened to Lois? And what will happen to Perry White? Well, fellows and girls, we're starting a brand new and exciting Superman mystery adventure tomorrow. It's different, packed with thrills and chills. And you won't want to miss a single chapter of it. So, tune in tomorrow and every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. And follow The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. 
more powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, as our brand new story unfolds, Clark Kent and Perry White are stunned by the strange behavior of Lois Lane. We'll join them in a moment, but right now, here's a word from your announcer. You know, uh, if you were the only fellow or girl in the world who was collecting those swell comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pep, well, it wouldn't be half as much fun. No, what makes it exciting is that so many of your friends are collecting them, too, so that you can compare notes on how, how you're getting along. And you can even trade duplicates with each other. And it really means something when you show up with all your comic buttons pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap for everybody to see how many you've collected. And you know, what makes it even more fun is that these white enamel buttons are so doggone smart-looking. Take Moon Mullins, for instance, with his derby hat sitting over one eye and his big black cigar. Or Superman himself in bright blue jersey and flying red cape. Yes, sir, you get a real thrill when you add any of these 18 different buttons to your collection. That is, whenever Mom opens a new package of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. Because that's the only way you can get these swell comic buttons. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. You just look for your exclusive prize in packages of P-E-P Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Yesterday, editor Perry White startled Clark Kent by telling him that Lois Lane, star girl reporter, had resigned from the Daily Planet. He said Lois had been acting strangely for several days and had accused him of persecuting her. Just then, Lois entered White's office in a highly emotional state, accused the gray-haired editor of trying to drive her out of her mind, and while White and Kent stood frozen in horror, she pulled a pistol from her handbag and leveled it at the editor. I'm going to put a bullet in that ugly, scheming brain of yours. Goodbye, Mr. White. Then as Lois's finger tightens on the trigger, Kent leaps forward. Give me that gun, Lois. No, I... Give it to me, I said. There. Now, what's the matter with you? I don't know. Oh... Kent, Kent, what happened? It's all right, Chief. She just fainted. Get some water, will you? But you, she shot you. Oh, don't be silly. How could she shoot me? Get some water. Yeah, she did, I tell you. You, you jumped right in the path of the bullets. I, I saw you. Will you? Mr. White, what happened? Come in here, Jim, and close the door, will you? Okay. Gosh. It's all right, everybody. Just a little joke. Nobody was hurt. Close the door, Jim. And lock it. Okay. But what were those shots? What's the matter with Miss Lane? She fainted, that's all. Uh, get me that bottle of water on the chief's desk, will you? Yeah, sure, but, but what I, ha- I can't understand it. She, she shot you, Kent. Oh. What? Lois shot Mr. Don't Kent. talk nonsense, either of you. Do I look as if I'd been shot? But you were. I saw well, it. He looks all right to me. Of course I am. Give me the water, Jim, please. Here you are. Look, will someone please tell me what happened in here? Lois went off her head for a minute, that's all. That's all? She tried to shoot me. Huh? I thought you said she tried to shoot Mr. Ken. No, no, no. She tried to shoot me. Then Ken jumped Please in. Please and... be quiet, both of you. I'm trying to bring her to. Here, Lois. Lois, mm. drink this. Oh, I don't get it. You Come said... On. He oh, said... Quiet, please. Mm. Take it easy, Lois. Yes. Now, mm. here. Drink a little water. Mm. I... Whiz, I can't figure this out. Why would Miss Lane try to shoot you, Chief? I mean, Mr. White. Because she's nutty as a fruitcake, that's why. Holy smoke. What'd you do with the gun, Kent? I got it in my pocket. Uh, how do you feel, Lois? I'm all right. Why am I lying here? What What happened? You got a little excited and fainted. I did. Uh, a little excited. It's a miracle we're both alive. Why, if Chief, Kent hadn't... Mr. White says you tried Jim. to shoot... 
Now, don't pay any attention to them, Lois. Here, come on, I'll help you into a chair. Oh, what's this all about? Wait a minute. I seem to remember. Well, don't try to think now. Just relax for a moment. Something was driving me. I couldn't stop myself. It it was as if my brain was on fire. Your brain was on fire? Now, you see, I told Please, you. Please, Chief. Yes. The last few days, I've had spells like that. Ever since... The cat. The what? She said cat. Now, what's a cat got to do with you trying to murder me? I tried to murder you. I don't think we should talk about it now, Lois. You need a rest. You've evidently been under a terrific strain. Now, wait a minute. I've got to talk about it, Clark. I can't keep it to myself anymore. Oh. I'll go crazy if I do. Oh, gosh, what is it, Miss Lane? You'd better make it good, Lois. I don't like being shot at. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. Oh, I wish I were dead. Now, now, Lois, it's all right. Don't you realize she's sick, Chief? Don't tell Miss Lane. Please don't. No, you're right, Kent. Now, there, there, Lois. Now, now, it's all right. All right. I know you didn't mean to do it. Now, stop crying and tell us about it. I will. I must. Only, you won't believe me. You'll say that... You'll say I'm out of my mind. Oh, no, no, we won't, will we, Mr. Kent? Of course not. Now, pull yourself together, Lois. You know you can count on us. Oh, yes, of course. Now, tell us what's bothering you. We'll do everything we can to help you. All right, I'll, I'll tell you... On, on Christmas Day, somebody sent me a cat for present. A beautiful fawn-colored Siamese with blue eyes. Well, who sent it to you? I don't know, Jim. There was a big red bow tied around his neck, and there was a card attached to it. And the card said, Merry Christmas from an admiring reader. Oh, one of your fans. I suppose so. Well, anyway, my sister Diana and a few other people dropped in during the afternoon, and we had lots of fun with the cat. And when I went to sleep that night, it curled up on the foot of my bed. And then, sometime in the middle of the night, it happened. What happened? A voice woke me up. It was calling me. A voice? Whose voice? I didn't know at first. I sat up in bed, listening. At first it was all quiet. And then suddenly, I heard this strange voice calling me. Wake up, Miss Lane. Wake up. Wake up, Miss Lane. I thought someone had broken into my apartment. I was frightened, but I managed to say. Who who is it? It is I. Who are you? What do you want? I want to warn you. Warn me? What do you mean? You're in great danger, Miss Lane. Danger? Yes. You think I've told myself that, Clark? Oh. I've repeated it over and over, but this cat keeps waking me up in the middle of the night, and it it does talk. Oh, that I gotta see. Well, it I mean does. here. Ah, poppycock, a talking cat. There's no such thing. You're tired, Lois. No, nervous, and your imagination is working overtime. Now, the thing to do is to see the cat. Nonsense. Get rid of the cat. Send it to the SPCA or something. I can't do that, Chief. Why not? Because don't you see that I must know for sure whether this cat really talks or not? If it does, then I'll know that I'm all right. But if it doesn't, well, then... Then I'll know that I'm going out of my mind. Lois is right, Chief. Come on. Where? To Lois's apartment to see the cat. What for? You don't think it actually talks, do you? That's what we're going to find out. Come on. Shaking his head in disgust, Perry White follows Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Jimmy Olsen out of his office. What will they see or hear in Lois's apartment? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. 
certain that a Siamese cat given to her for Christmas by an unknown admirer has been talking to her, Lois Lane has brought Clark Kent, Perry White, and Jimmy Olsen to her apartment to see the animal. Kent is now holding the fawn-colored cat in his arms. I can't see anything unusual about this cat, Lois. No, except that it talks. Oh, poppycock. We've been here half an hour. If it can talk, why doesn't it say something? Well, let's hear you talk, Kitty. Come on, say something. What's cooking with you, huh? Don't be a bigger chump than you are normally, Olsen. Now, look, Lois, you take a rest. Forget about the office and this this cat business. We'll take it with us and drop us at the SPCA. I think the chief is right, Lois. No, wait, Clark. You don't think there's anything the matter with me, do you? Oh, of course not. You're just overtired. Yeah, that's what I think, too, Miss Lane. Sure. Well, I'm glad you all believe I'm sane. Oh, maybe I did just imagine the cat spoke to me. You all run along, then. I'll take a sedative and get some sleep. Now, leave the cat, Jim. Well, I, I think we ought to take it along, Lois. No, I'm sure I'll be all right now, Clark. And I really do want the cat. Go ahead now. I'll be all right. Really, I will. Well, I don't know. Don't argue with her, Kent. Let her see for herself she was mistaken. Now, come on. Come along, Olsen. Okay. So long, Miss Lane. Goodbye, Jim. Bye, Clark. Bye, Lois. Bye, Lois. Get a good rest now. Yes, I will. And thanks loads. Come on, Kitty. Come on, we're going to take a nap. And don't you dare talk to me now. Relieved by her friend's assurance, Lois takes a sedative, pulls down the shades, and climbs into bed. The fawn-colored cat springs to the foot of the bed and regards her with curious blue eyes. Good night, Kitty. And don't go to sleep yet, Miss Lane. No. Don't. I said don't go to sleep yet, Miss Lane. Harry White, your enemy, was just here. <gasps> he means great harm to you. He's driving you out of your mind. Listen to me, Miss Lane. He means you harm. Terrified, Lois presses her hand to her mouth to stifle a scream in her throat. Is the cat talking to her, or is she going out of her mind? Tomorrow's episode is tense and exciting, so don't miss hearing the strange story of the talking cat. In the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silver age heroes join us again same bat time same bat station for another presentation of silver age heroes radio theater excelsior Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. 
Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, as we resume our story, Perry White and Clark Kent are very much concerned over Lois Lane's account of the talking cat. We'll join them in a moment, but right now, here's Dan McCullough and his young cousin Doris, who seems to have found a new friend. Dan, you know that new family that moved in next door to us? Why, sure, the Davises. Well, this is Hal. We just got acquainted. Well, Hal, it's mighty swell that you're going to live in our neighborhood. Yeah, I guess it is, Dan, but... Why, don't you think you're going to like us? Oh, yeah, sure, but... Hal's kind of worried, Dan, because all of us kids are collecting comic buttons, and he doesn't have any. Well, but uh, doesn't your family eat lots of Kellogg's pets? Yeah, but... Well, then, you can collect these comic buttons, too. Sure, but... Why, it's easy as anything. All you have to oh, do... Oh, Dan, Hal knows how to get comic buttons. Give him a chance to tell you what happened. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you see, Dan, we all collected them where I used to live, and I had quite a few, but, well, somehow or other, when we moved, they got lost. Oh, say, that's a shame. Well, look, uh, maybe the kids around here can help you get started again. Because a fella feels sort of out of things unless he's got some of these bright-colored comic buttons to wear on his jacket or his cap. You miss out on a lot of fun, too, if you're not trading duplicates and comparing notes with your friends on how many you've collected. So it's a good thing these exciting comic buttons are so easy to get. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. But every time Mom opens a package of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep, there's your thrilling prize. Get your comic buttons, gang, from P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Suddenly, like a bolt out of the blue, Lois Lane attempted to resign from the Daily Planet without offering any explanation. Finally, she confessed that she feared she was losing her mind and went on to explain that a Siamese cat, which had been sent to her for Christmas by an unknown admirer, had been talking to her. After examining the cat, Clark Kent, Perry White, and Jimmy Olsen assured Lois that she was overtired and had imagined the whole thing. Well, somewhat relieved, the girl reporter agreed to take a sedative and go to sleep. But soon after she got into bed, she heard the strange cat voice speak to her again. As we continue now, Kent, White, and Jimmy have returned to the Daily Planet and are walking through the city room. Listen. Well, Lois needs is a good rest. I think I'll send her to Florida. Good idea, Kent. Well, idea, Chief. A couple of weeks of sunshine ought to get the kinks out of her nerves. Well, come to think of it, Chief. I mean, Mr. White, my nerves have been feeling pretty kinky lately. Oh, yeah? Well, get yourself a sun lamp, Olsen. Oh. <laughs> See you both later. Uh, wait, Kent. Huh? Come into my office. I got something for you. You too, Olsen. Something for me? What? Now, uh, don't look so eager. It isn't anything to eat. Oh, gosh, what is it? Keep your shirt on, Jim. And Mr. Grayson, the publisher of the planet, sent wristwatches to the members of the staff for Christmas. What? You mean he sent me one? Yes. 
I guess he suffers from the same delusion that you do, that you're a reporter. Oh, gosh. Uh, they're here in my desk. Lois and I already have ours, but you two are away since Christmas, and... Uh... Oh, here. Here they are. Oh, say, that was very nice of Mr. Grayson. Yeah, it sure was. What jeepers? Look at it, Mr. Ken. It's a honey. Uh-huh. Look at the swell gold band. Come in. And look at my initials on the back. Quiet, also. What is it, Miss Backrack? Miss Lane called a few minutes ago, Mr. White. Lois? What did she want? Well, she sounded terribly disturbed, almost hysterical. Uh-oh. Gosh, I wonder if... Will you be quiet, Olson? Uh, what do you mean, hysterical, Miss Backrack? Uh, what did she say? Well, she said to tell you and Mr. Kent that the cat talked again. What? I knew it. If you ask me, Mr. White, I think Miss Lane is having a nervous breakdown. She's been acting awfully yeah, Never mind, strange. never mind, never mind that. Never mind. Now, what else did she say? Well, she said she had to get away, and she was leaving at once to stay with some friends. She was so excited, I, I couldn't get the name very clearly, but I, I think she said the Markhams. Uh-huh, Lucille and Harry Markham, they live in Forest Heights. Did she say anything else, Miss Backrack? Yes, sir. She said for you to please come and get the cat, Mr. Kent. What? She was leaving word with the doorman to let you into her apartment. Hmm. Oh, anything else? No, sir. Uh, look, Miss Backrack. Now, don't mention this to anyone, you understand? It might uh, embarrass Miss Lane later. Oh, no. I won't mention it to a soul. Miss Lane is such a lovely girl. I only All right, that... all right, all right. Uh, thank you, Miss Backrack. Uh, go back to your desk. Yes, sir. Confounded, Kent. I thought we'd talk Lois out of that cat nonsense. Either she's in pretty bad shape or... or... the cat did talk, eh? Now, look, Kent, don't you start that... That puppy cat... Well, I wasn't thinking of the cat. I was thinking of something else. What, Mr. Kent? Just a little idea that might be worth investigating. Come on, Jim. Come on, Jim. Where? What idea? I want to have a look at Lois's apartment again and uh, something else. Also, we've got to pick up the cat. Let's go, Jim. Uh, if anything comes up while we're gone, Chief, we'll be at Lois's apartment. I don't get it, Mr. Kent. Well, that's just an ordinary leather collar the cat's wearing. Why do you keep examining it? Yeah, I guess you're right, Jim. Okay, you can get down, Kitty. Go along. Huh? What do you mean I'm right? It's just an ordinary leather collar. Well, of course it is. What did you think it was? <laughs> well, whatever I thought, I was wrong. Come on, let's have another look at Lois's bedroom. Well, what for? You've already done everything to it except rip up the mattress. Well, I just want to be sure. Sure of what? That the cat didn't talk. What? Holy mackerel, Mr. Kent. You don't mean to say you think this cat can talk, do you? Oh, of course not, Jim. I just meant that the cat voice Lois says she heard. But, but she didn't hear any voice. She only thought she did. Well, now, maybe she did hear it. Huh? But you just said that I you... said I don't believe she heard the cat. But she might have heard a voice she believed came from the cat. Well, how could that be? Well, now, look. Suppose there were a speaking device hidden somewhere in this room. And somebody at the other end of it sent his or her voice into the room. Now, Lois knew there was nobody in the apartment except herself and the cat, so when she heard the strange voice... She thought it was the cat. Right. Well, that's why you were examining the cat's collar. Mm -hmm. You thought it might be some kind of a receiver, huh? Yes, but I was wrong there. And I'm wrong about there being a hidden speaking device in this room, too. Well, how do you know? It might be in the wall someplace. No, it isn't. How do you know it isn't? You can't see through a wall. Yes, I can. I, I mean, I, I went over the walls and floor very carefully when we were here this morning. Oh. Well, maybe there's something in one of the closets. Or in the dresser. Or in that cabinet. No, there isn't. Take my word for it, Jim. And since this apartment is on the 16th floor and there's no fire escape, nobody could have projected the voice through a window. Gosh, who would do a dirty trick like that anyhow? Mm. Trying to drive poor Miss Lane nuts and... 
telling her Mr. White was her enemy. Well, I don't know who would do it or why, but I'm certainly glad she went to visit the Markhams. Lucille and Harry are both jolly people and very fond of Lois. A week or so with them, and then maybe a trip to Florida, and she ought to be all right again. Okay, come on, Jim. Get the cat, and we'll be going. Oh, going where? Oh, we have to drop the cat to the ASPCA. That's what I thought you were going to say. You mean we're going to... going to have it put away? <laughs> oh, not necessarily. It's a very pretty cat, and someone may adopt it. We can't leave it here alone with no one to feed and take care of it. Oh, I'll feed and take care of it. You? Sure, I like cats, and so does my mother. Oh, wait and a She's minute. been wanting a cat, too, so why can't I adopt it? <laughs> Aren't you afraid it might talk to you? Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> oh, please, Mr. Ken, I'll be good to it. And you could see when I was holding it that it liked me. Okay, okay, take it home. There's a traveling box for it in the living room. I suppose that's the one it came in. Oh, I'll get it. Thanks, Mr. Ken. Right. Come on, kitty, 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 kitty. Come on. Isn't that the phone? Yes, I'll get it. It's in here. Hello. Hello, is that you, Mr. Kent? Yes. This is Miss Backrack at the office. Oh, yes, Miss Backrack. A call just came in for Mr. White. Oh? When I said he stepped out for a little while, the party asked for you. Me? Yeah, I heard you say you and Jim were going to Miss Lane's apartment, so when this party said it was terribly important... What party? Mrs. Markham. She said to tell you Lucille Markham. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Miss Lane is visiting her. Well, uh, what was the message? She just said to have you call her as soon as possible. She said it was terribly important about Miss Lane. She seems very upset, Mr. Kent. That's funny. Did, uh, did she leave her number? Yes, just a minute. Here it is. Forest Heights, 211. Now, wait till I write that down. Forest Heights, 211. That's right. Thanks. Oh, gee, Mr. Kent, I hope nothing's gone wrong with Miss Lane. Well, I'll find out. Thanks, Miss Backright. Uh, Jim? Jim, come here, will you? Yeah? What is it, Mr. Kent? I'm afraid something happened to Lois, Jim. Gee whiz, what could... Wait, wait a minute. Number clear. Uh, I want Forest Heights 211, operator. 211? That's right, 211. And please, try to hurry it, will you? It's terribly important. Tensely... Clark, Kent, and Jimmy Olsen wait for the call to suburban Forest Heights to be completed. Now, back to the adventures of Superman. In Lois Lane's apartment, Clark Kent has just placed a call for Lucille Markham, Lois's friend. Jimmy Olsen stands by anxiously, the fawn-colored Siamese cat in his arms. Hello? Uh, Mrs. Markham? Lucille? This is Clark Kent. Oh, Clark, I'm so glad you called. Yes. Listen, do you know where Lois is? Lois? What? Well, she's at your house, isn't she? That's just it. She isn't. And I expected her hours ago. What's the matter, Mr. Funny. Kent? Just a minute, Jim. That's strange, Lucille. She called the office before noon and said she was going to your place then. Yep, that's what she told me. She called about 11 o'clock and asked if she could stay with us for a few days. Uh-huh. She sounded terribly upset, Clark. Yes, I know. And of course, I told her we'd be delighted to have her. She said she was all packed and would leave at once by taxi. A taxi? Yes. Now, I expected her in time for lunch. You know, we're about 45 minutes drive from Lois' apartment. Yeah. But, my goodness, here it is almost 3 o'clock and she isn't here. Oh, I'm worried, Clark. She really sounded quite ill. Oh, she is ill. Didn't Miss Lane get there? No, she didn't. Gosh, what are you... Listen, Lucille, I'll look into it at once. Uh, You stay right there, and if you hear from Lois, call me at the Daily Planet, will you? And if if I'm not there, leave a message and I'll call you back. All right. And please call me as soon as you find out anything, Clark. Sure. I'm really terribly worried. I will, Lucille. Don't worry. So long now. Golly, Mr. Kendall. Just a minute, Jim. Lois disappeared. And I've got to think. This is strange. Very strange. 
his mind racing desperately, Clark Kent looks carefully around Lois's bedroom again. Then at the Siamese cat, whose gray-blue eyes stare at him. What has happened to Lois Lane? And what is the strange secret of the cat Lois swears talked to her and warned her of grave danger? Well, fellows and girls, don't miss tomorrow's exciting episode in our fascinating new story. Tune in, same time, same station, for the mystery of the talking cat in the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loop on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate Browsers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman. And today is Clark Kent. He is alarmed over the sudden disappearance of Lois Lane. We'll join him at Inspector Henderson's office in just a moment. But first, let's join our good friend Dan McCullough. You know, uh, sometimes I think it would be interesting to find out who's collected the most comic buttons from packages of Kellogg's Pet, fellas or girls. Well, actually, of course, it doesn't make a great deal of difference because eventually all the members of the gang will have all 18 buttons. But it would be fun to see who gets there quickest. On our way, both fellas and girls are mighty busy trading duplicates, for example. You know, that's one swell way to add a new comic button to your collection and a heap of fun, too. And I see a lot of jackets and dresses and caps with these buttons pinned on. Look mighty smart. You see, the pictures of your favorite funny sheet characters are done up in full comic strip colors. Brilliant red and blue and black on a gleaming white background. So they really show up. And you know, the buttons are made of sturdy metal, and you'll have them for a long time. 
But the best part is, they're so easy to get. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy them anywhere. But every time Mom opens a new package of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep, there's your exclusive prize. Remember, gang, that's P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. As we learned yesterday, Lois Lane, star girl reporter for the Daily Planet, is in a state of panic. She is certain that a Siamese cat sent to her as a Christmas present by an unknown admirer has the power of human speech. She swears that she heard the cat talking to her, warning her to beware of Perry White, editor of the Daily Planet. Clark Kent and young Jimmy Olsen examined both the seemingly harmless cat and Lois's apartment, but found nothing. They were about to leave when a telephone call came through from Lucille Markham, a close friend of Lois's. Lois, it seems, had called Lucille to ask whether she could stay at the Markham house in the suburbs for a few days, and had assured Lucille that she was leaving immediately, and now, hours later, had failed to arrive. As we continue, it is early evening. Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen are at police headquarters in the office of Inspector Henderson. Listen. Now, look, Inspector, this has gone beyond the point where it's a joke. We know Miss Lane entered a taxi in front of her apartment building at 11.30 this morning and told the driver to take her to Forest Heights where the Markhams live. The doorman heard her. Now, it's up to you to locate the driver of that taxi. We're doing everything we can, Kent. But the driver seems to have disappeared, too. Well, it shouldn't require much effort to find a bonded registered taxi driver in a bright yellow cab. How do you know he was a bonded registered driver? Because he might have been a mug planted in that cab to pick up Miss Lane. Gosh, I never thought of that. I did, but it doesn't hold water. Why not? Because the cab was one of the yellow taxi company fleet. The doorman remembers that. Now, if a yellow cab had been stolen, there would have been a report on it by this time. It's been six hours since Lois disappeared. Yeah, how about that, Inspector? Well, I admit I don't know the answer. But when we pick up the driver... And how long is that going to take? Confounded, Kent, will you quit riding me? I'm, not I'm getting sick. Come in. Yeah, get in there. Go on. Okay, cop, okay. You don't have to push me. Who's this, Healy? Uh, he's the guy we're looking for, Inspector. The heck you picked up Miss Lane. He is. Gosh. Well, now we're getting someplace. Where'd you find it? Uh, about four miles out on the River Parkway. He was part of the car, fast asleep. Or else he was making out like he was. I was asleep. Yes, as you. Well, never mind that. Where, where did you take Miss Lane, driver? If you're talking about the dame we picked up at the front neck apartments this morning, it's kind of a good-looking dame. Yes, right. that's Miss Lane. Now, where did you take her? I didn't take her no place. Like I was telling this dick, something screwy happened. Are you going to tell that cockeyed story again? It's the throat, so help me. Now, wait till you hear this, Inspector. I intend to. What's your name, driver? Joe Ross. Here. Here's my hack license. Mm-hmm. License seems to be okay. All right, driver, start talking. But remember, I want the truth. Okay. Here it is. I picked this dame up in front of the front neck apartments about half past 11 this morning. She says she wants to go to some number on Maple Street in Forest Heights. I forget what the number was. 1219? Yeah, that's it. Uh-huh. I cut over to Ridge Road and picked up the parkway. This dame kept bothering me all the time to go faster. I never see such a nervous dame, and I see plenty driving a hack. But all of a sudden, about the time we hit the parkway, I don't hear no more out of her. I look back, and she's fast asleep. Asleep? Huh? And that's what he said. It's the truth. Well, Miss Lane might very well have fallen asleep from nervous exhaustion. Go on, uh, Joe. Okay. 
Well, I drive a couple of miles in a parkway, and I'm just passing a golf course when I hear a horn. And I see a big black funeral hearse coming up in a rear vision mirror. I pull over a little to let it go by, and... Ah, here's where it gets good, Inspector. Let him talk, Ely. Yeah. So, like I say, I start to pull over, and here comes this funeral hearse up from behind, and it's really traveling. Mm -hmm. When it gets up alongside my cab, it jams on its brakes and starts crowding me over. I yell and give him my horn, but it keeps crowding me. I got to get right up on the curb or stop, or I'm going to get folded up like an accordion. Oh, what was the big idea? Why'd he crowd you? Well, you're here, buddy. When I start remembering this part, I get the shakes. Ah, baloney. I make this guy lay off me, will you? Stop it, Healy. Go on. Yeah. Well, I stop up against the curb and a tall, skinny guy dressed all in black with a long tail coat and a high silk hat gets out of the front seat of the hearse and comes over to the cab. Right away, I start to feel funny. I get chills running up and down my back. He's a tall guy dressed all in black, like I said, but his face is kind of yellow-white, like a like one of them guys gets their last ride in his hearse. His eyes, I... I never seen eyes like his before, big and black and, and dead with blue shadows on him. I kept looking at his eyes, even when he started talking and waving his hands. Long, skinny hands like a... like a skeleton. Oh, jeepers. Go ahead. Well, this... this guy comes over to the cab, and when he talks, his voice gives me the crease for sure. Sounds like it's coming out of a grave. I beg your pardon... But I seem to be lost. I wonder if you could direct me to the Pleasant Valley Cemetery. The what? The Pleasant Valley Cemetery. Surely you know what a cemetery is? Yeah, sure, but uh, I never heard of that one. How strange. Look, mister, I, I gotta be going if you'll get your... Get your hearse out of the way. I... I must find the cemetery before dark. I simply must. I wonder if the young lady in the back seat can help me. No, she can't help you. Look, mister, Is I... Is she dead? Dead? No, she's just sleeping. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, of course she's sleeping. She may be dead. Why don't you look and see? I remember turning around to look at the dame when he said that, and and that's all I remember until this dick here woke me up. The dame was gone, and so was the guy in his hearse. Sleeping lizards. Ever hear a yarn like that before, Inspector? No, and I don't believe it. It's the truth. Sir, help me, it's the truth. Ah, come on, come on, give it to us straight. I think he is giving it to us straight, Healy. Thanks, mister. Now, look here, Ken. Just a moment, Inspector. What I want to know at the moment is far more important. Where is this Pleasant Valley Cemetery? Never heard of it. Yeah, me neither. Well, you should have some sort of a directory of places like that. I have. Right here on the shelf. Oh, good. Here we are. Now, uh, let's see. Cemeteries, cemeteries. Oh, here we are. K-L-M-N-O-P. Plain Valley. Pineville. Pine Manor. Hmm... Just as I thought. Where is it, Inspector? There is no Pleasant Valley Cemetery. What? And what's more, there never was one. Shifting uneasily, the nervous, sweating taxi cab driver gulps and turns pale. Is he lying? No, back to the adventures of Superman. <laughs> 
two hours have passed since Joe Ross, the taxicab driver, recounted his weird and almost unbelievable story at police headquarters. Jimmy Olson is now back at home, having left Kent at headquarters. As we join him, he is telling his mother about the strange disappearance of Lois Lane. And according to the cab driver, the first time he knew the hearse and Miss Lane were gone was when the detective woke him up. Why, I don't believe a word of it. Do you, Jimmy? Well, I don't know, Mom. First, Mr. Kent said he did. Then when Inspector Henderson couldn't find the name of the cemetery in a directory he had, well, even Mr. Kent's kind of on the fence. And in the meantime, nobody knows where poor Miss Lane is. No. Oh, that's a pity. She's such a nice, sweet girl. Why would anyone want to do her harm? Well, there are a lot of punks in this world, Mom. A lot of them. Yes, I suppose so. Well, I think I'll go up to bed, Jimmy. I'm a little tired. Okay, I'll sit up a little longer. Mr. Kent may call. He said he would if anything broke. Good night, Jimmy. Don't forget to let the cat out before you come up. No, I won't. Oh, where is it? In the kitchen, I think. Good night, Jimmy. Good night, Mom. Hey, kitty, 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 kitty. Come on, kitty. Come on, fella, come on. Come on, up in my lap. Yeah, that's a boy. Uh, you don't know it, but you're the cause of all this trouble. Yes, you are. You started everything. If someone hadn't sent you to Miss Lane, everything would have been all right. <laughs> you like to have your neck rubbed, don't you? Feels good, doesn't it? You know, it's too bad you can't talk. If you could, maybe you'd be able to tell us a few things. You're in danger, Jim. Who, who said that? Beware of Perry White. Who... Who's talking? He'll do to you what he did to Lois Lane. Leaping lizards. It's the cat. Rooted to the chair, Jimmy stares in frozen, wide-eyed fear at the Siamese cat, which curled up on his lap, looks up at him out of its strange blue eyes. Did Jimmy actually hear human speech coming out of the cat's mouth? The mystery of the talking cat is getting more mysterious by the moment. And a little spine-chilling, too. So don't miss a single word of the thrilling story from now on. Tune in on Monday, same time, same station, and follow Superman's latest adventure, The Mystery of the Talking Cat. Be sure to listen to The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the Grand Old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Publications. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, Jimmy Olsen, too, is certain that Lois Lane's Siamese cat has talked. We'll learn more about it in a moment, but right now, let's hear what Dan McCullough has in store for us. 
Say, gang, you know how much fun it is to look through a photograph album. Well, you know what? You've got a sort of photograph album in full view for everybody to see when you wear your collection of comic buttons pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. Yes, sir. Those brilliant colored comic buttons Kellogg's Pep is putting out are true-to-life pictures of your favorite funny paper friends. And they look just as real as they do in the comic strips. Take K.O., for instance. Bright red turtleneck sweater with one suspender over his shoulder and his oversized black derby tilted over one eye. Or Winnie Winkle with her smart-looking blue dress and her curly bob and bangs. Say, she's mighty pretty. Or Superman himself. He's a good-looking guy. Red Superman insignia on a brilliant blue jersey. That famous cape flying in the wind. Why, every single one of these 18 different buttons is straight from the funny papers. And you'll want to collect them all. And you can, too, easy as anything. Just ask Mom to get you plenty of that super delicious whole wheat flake cereal, Kellogg's Pep. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. And you can't buy these exciting buttons anywhere. But inside every package of Pep, there's an exclusive prize. Get your comic buttons, gang, from P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. When a Siamese cat, a Christmas gift from an unknown admirer, seemed to be talking to her in a human voice, Lois Lane, in a highly nervous state, left by taxi for a friend's house in the suburbs. But she never arrived at her destination. And the taxi driver, finally picked up by the police, told a strange story of being stopped by a ghost-like man in a funeral hearse who, after asking directions to a cemetery which didn't exist, said that Lois was dead. The taxi driver claimed that he had then mysteriously fallen asleep. And when he awoke, both Lois and the ghost-like man had vanished. That night, Jimmy Olsen, who had taken the Siamese cat to his house, apparently heard the animal speak to him, warning him against Perry White. Well, as we continue now, it is the following morning... And Jimmy is standing nervously at the door of Editor Perry White's office at the Daily Planet. Finally, drawing a deep breath, he gingerly opens the door. Listen. Uh, come in, Olsen. I want to see you. Uh, no, sir. What? I, I can't right now. Do you know where... What do you mean you can't? Uh, I'm awful busy. Do you know where Mr. Kent is? He's out looking for Lois. Oh, where? i got to get a hold of him. How do I know where? Will you come in here and close that door? I don't like long-distance conversation. I can't hear what you say. And I don't like the shout. Yes, sir. I am no, sir. Haven't you got any idea where Mr. Kent is? I've got to see him right away. I told you he's out looking for Lois. And unless you come in and close that door, I... Uh, thanks. Oh, sir. Oh, no, not me. Later, Mr. White, I'm awful busy now. I can't come here. But, but I'm awful busy. I, I'm terribly busy. Will you come in here or do I have to drag you in with a scrub of the neck like a cat? Oh, jeepers. He said a cat. Well, I'm waiting. Oh, guess he's got me. Okay, Mr. White. I'm coming. Come on, come on. Move, move. Yes, sir. Uh, he's busy. Of all the insolent young Well, what are you standing there for? Go into my office. Yes, sir. But uh, don't touch me. They ought to cut you limb from limb. I ought to boil you in oil. No, no, don't. What in thunderation's the matter with you? Me? Yes, you. And stop walking backwards. Stand still. Yes, sir. I... I... Okay. You've got me. I... I what? You've got me. But you better not do anything to me. I left a note for Mr. Kent telling him what the cat said, and if anything happens to me, he'll know you did it. I did what? What? 
Well, whatever you're figuring to do to me. I'm going to cut you up in little pieces and feed you to the squirrels. I'm going to chop you up and make a nutty fruitcake out of you. That's what I'm going to do. You better not. Oh, he says I better not. I... I, I will. I... I'll do it. I... I... No. No. My blood pressure. My heart. I, I can't stand it. I've got to pull myself together. Now, look, Olsen. Let's get this straight man to man. Oh, I've got it straight. Wait a I... minute. Wait a minute. Now, what's this about leaving a note for Kent? Well, I did. Just in case you did something to me, like the cat said. The cat? What about the cat? It warned me about you. The cat warned you about me? Yeah, last night. Just the way it warned Miss Lane. I see. Is this another cat? No, the same one. Miss Lane's Siamese. I took it. No, Miss Lane's Siamese, I see. Now, tell me, did it call you on the telephone or write you a letter? It... It talked to me. Mm, it talked to you. Just the way we're talking now, eh? Face to face. Well, it was in my lap and... and. Go on, go on. Well, I've still got my reason. Well, it said you were out to get me. It, it warned me to be careful. Oh, Lord, give me strength. Give me strength. And you really believe the cat talked to you? I wouldn't have if I hadn't heard it myself. It was sitting in my lap in my own living room. And Mother had gone to bed and nobody else was in the house. Then it, it... It talked to me. Yeah, it talked to you. Oh, my sweet sainted Aunt Tilly, that this should happen to me. First Lois, and now this... This pale-dated... I mean, apple-grated... I mean, apple-pated young moron. No. No, I... I can't stand it. I can't, I can't stand it. Well, I can't. You, I, you better take it easy, Mr. White. Don't... Don't you know that I... A cat can't talk. This one can. This one can. I tell you, no cat can talk. It, it was late at night and you were worried about Lois. You were thinking about that, that crazy story the taxi driver told. The ghost man and the hearse. Your imagination got away with you and you you thought you heard the cat talk too. No, it wasn't my imagination. And I don't care what you say. I heard it too. You crazy young idiot. I tell you. I'm a... No. No. No, no. This is no way to handle it. I've got to be calm. I've got to be. Now, Olson, where is the cat? In Mr. Kent's office. In Kent's office, eh? I thought you said that... I brought it with me this morning. It, it's in its traveling case. I didn't want to leave it home in case it decided to talk to my mother and scare her. Oh, or maybe cook dinner and watch the kitchen floor, eh? Well, okay, come on. Where? We're going to take the cat to Dr. Anstruthers. Who? Dr. Anstruthers. He's chief veterinarian at the Metropolis Zoo. Nobody knows more about animals than he does. And he's a friend of mine. He'll get this nonsense out of your head. Come in here, Perry. You too, young man. I have my fluoroscope in this office. Okay, Doc. Come on, Olson. Ah, bring the cat over here, please. Well, what are you going to do now? Make one final test to prove to you that the animal can't talk. Ah, let me have the cat, please. Thank you. Now, just sit there, kitty. No, no, don't try to get away. I'm not going to hurt you. That's a nice kitty. It's a nice kitty. Now, will you turn off the light, please, Perry? The switch is right behind you. All right. Mm. Nice kidding. Nice kidding. Now, now if you'll both look through the screen. Uh, right here. Gosh, you can see right into the cat. Uh -huh. Now, here are the larynx and vocal cords. Entirely normal, you see. No enlargements or distortions. There are the lungs, heart, liver, spleen. Nothing at all unusual, nor is there any... Uh, a mechanism in the body which doesn't belong there. 
Now, will you turn on the light again, Perry? Right. Well, you satisfied, Olson? Now, if you'll open the box, young man, I'll put the cat back in. Get in, Kitty. You didn't answer my question, Olson. Are you satisfied now that the cat can't talk? Well, I... I... You what? Well, I heard everything Dr. Anstruther said... But I heard it talk. Oh, all the stubborn idiots. <laughs> Maybe you'd better put him under the fluoroscope, Doctor. Examine his head. I, I assure you, young man, neither this cat nor any other member of the feline family can talk. You were probably under a great strain, so you imagine. I that didn't you... imagine it. I heard Heavenly it. Heavenly days, what'll I do with him? I know. Take the cat and come along, Olson. Where? To my house. You and the cat are going to stay right there with me until you're convinced this is all a lot of nonsense. Come on, now. Uh, much obliged, Doc. Not at all, Perry. I'll pound some sense into your head, Olson, if I have to do it with a sledgehammer. Now, come on. Carrying the box containing the fawn-colored Siamese cat, Jimmy follows Editor White and the zoo to a taxi cab. That night, in White's suburban house, the boy reporter is taking a shower preparatory to going to bed. While in the adjoining room, the gray-haired editor is stretched out on one of the twin beds reading a book. Suddenly, over the sound of the shower, Jimmy hears a yell. What? Oh, my gosh. That's Mr. White. Something happened. His heart pounding, Jimmy Olsen leaped from the shower as Perry White's anguished scream echoes through the house. What has happened? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. As he was taking a shower in Perry White's house, Jimmy Olsen heard the gray-haired editor scream his name. Throwing a bathrobe around him, Jimmy rushed into the adjoining bedroom where he saw White sitting bolt upright in bed, his eyes popping, pointing a trembling finger at the fawn-colored Siamese cat crouched on the bed near his hand, its strange blue eyes regarding him curiously. What happened, Chief? Wait, the, 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 the what? The, 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 the cat. Yeah, what about it? Well, it, 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 it what? Sleeping it, lizards. Yeah. You mean it talks? Yes. Yes, it... Help it, it, me. It, it, Help me. Listen. Help me, Mr. White. Help me. Creeps. It, it's Miss Lane's voice. Help me. Please, help me. Save me. Save me before it's too late. Please, Mr. White. Trembling. Please. Their hair literally standing on end... Jimmy Olsen and Perry White hear Lois Lane's anguished voice pleading for help, apparently coming from the mouth of the Siamese cat. Is this magic or madness? Well, fellows and girls, tomorrow's episode in The Mystery of the Talking Cat is even more thrilling and fascinating, so don't miss it. Tune in, same time, same station, for The Mystery of the Talking Cat in The Adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. 
You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. And today, editor Perry White is certain that the strange Siamese cat has talked. We'll take you to the scene in a moment, but right now, here is Dan McCullough with a mighty good suggestion. Say, gang, you know how it is in the winter time. The sun isn't out so many hours, and, and when it is out, it isn't so strong. But did you know that that's one of the reasons Mom likes you to eat Kellogg's Pet for breakfast? Yes, sir. Kellogg's Pep gives you that same important vitamin D effect of sunshine that helps you build sturdy bones and strong teeth. Because the grand old Kellogg Company adds good amounts of sunshine vitamin D to Pep and vitamin B1, an energy vitamin. Besides that, Pep is a super delicious whole wheat flake cereal. And it's the prize package that brings you these exciting comic buttons all the gang's collecting. Think of it, 18 different funny paper characters like Smokey Stover and Smiling Jack and Superman himself on brilliant colored metal buttons that you can wear pinned on your jacket or your dress or cap. It's a load of fun, too, to swap duplicates with your pals and compare notes on how many you've collected. And these comic buttons are so easy to get. You don't send in any money, not even a box stop. Fact is, you can't buy them anywhere. All you do is to ask Mom to get you plenty of Kellogg's Pep, and you'll find your exclusive prize inside the package. So get busy on your collection, gang. Get your comic buttons from P-E-P, Pep, made by Kellogg's of Battle Creek. Now, the adventures of Superman. Driven almost out of her mind because she claimed a Siamese cat presented to her as a Christmas gift had been talking to her in a human voice and warning her against Perry White, Lois Lane, in a state of panic, started for the home of a friend, only to disappear mysteriously on the way. Jimmy Olsen took the cat to his house, and that night, the animal apparently spoke to him, too, repeating its warning against Perry White. Insisting that both Lois and Jimmy were letting their imaginations run riot, Editor White brought the boy reporter and the cat to his own suburban house the following night. While Jimmy was taking a shower, he heard White scream, and rushing into the bedroom, he saw the gray-haired editor sitting up in bed, pointing a shaking finger at the fawn-colored Siamese cat crouched beside him. Listen. Jim. Jim, listen. He's talking. Help me, Mr. White. Help me. Who it? It's Miss Lane's voice. Yes. Yes, and it's coming from the cat. Help me. Please help me. Mr. White. Mr. Steady, White. Steady, 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 Jim. Help me, Mr. White. It can't be. We're hearing things. No, I'm crazy. We're both crazy. Help me. Come to... Good, good Godfrey. Listen, Jim. I, I am listening. Come to 807 Myrtle Drive. 807 Myrtle Drive. Hurry. Cleeps. Oh, hurry. Hurry, Mr. White. You got the address, Jim? Yeah. 807 Myrtle Drive. That's way out at the end of town. Oh, golly, what the Uh-oh. hell? There goes the cat. Come back here, kitty. Let it go. But I... Let it go, I said. If I see that cat once more, I'll go stock raving mad. I mean, I am stock raving mad. Oh, Jim. Jim, you heard it, didn't you? 
You did hear it? Sure I did, only... Only how could Miss Lane's voice come out of a cat? How could any human voice come out of a cat? But you heard it too, and that's enough for me. Two people can't go crazy in exactly the same way at exactly the same time. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. Now, come on, don't just stand there. Get into your clothes. My clothes? Yes, your clothes. Do you expect to go out in your bathrobe? Out? Oh, oh, out. Lois is in trouble, and we've got to help her. Yeah. Now, hurry up. Okay, but listen, how could Miss Lane, that cat... I don't know, I don't know, but that was Lois's voice, and she said she needs help. Where's my other shoe? I... Oh, here it is. But listen, how... I don't want to listen to any more hows or whys. I don't know any more than you do. Something screwy. We're going to find out what it is. But first, we've got to find Lois. Sure, but... But how can we find her? She told us where she is, didn't she? Sure, but if she... If she isn't... Isn't what? Alive. What are you talking about? Didn't you just hear a voice? Sure I did, coming out of a cat. And that... That undertaker guy yesterday who stopped the taxi Miss Lane was in said... Never mind, never mind what he said. I I don't believe there was any undertaker guy. The taxi driver was lying. But when Mr. Kent talked to you this afternoon, he said they hadn't been able to break his story. And he didn't have any police record. I know, I know. And I still don't believe it. Aren't you dressed yet? I just have to put on my socks and shoes and my tie. All right, all right, all right. Get them on and meet me in front of the house. I'm going to try to reach Kent by phone and have him meet us. Pogo! Pogo! Get my car out of the garage. Hurry up. Sorry, you fat stumps. Okay. Here's Myrtle Drive at last. Now, what was the number again, Jim? 807. Gosh, it's dark around here. I wish Mr. Kent was with us. I told you I couldn't locate him. Keep your eyes peeled for number 807. I don't see any houses at all in the street. No. No, neither do I. Maybe... Maybe this house is going to turn out not to exist. Like that cemetery the undertaker guy was asking about. Will you stop with that undertaker guy? But I... You heard me. Okay, okay. Oh, wait a minute. Stop. There's a house. It would be all dark. Wait till I get the searchlight turned on it. Yeah. Can you see the number? No. Gosh, look at that crummy old shack. Practically falling apart. Never mind, never mind that. Just find the number. I don't think it's got a number. What's that? Wait, wait a minute. Yeah, I think that's a number on the porch post there. Can you make it out? It's pretty faded, but I think I can... Uh Uh-oh. What's the matter? It's number 807. Are you sure? Wait till I put on my glasses. You don't have to. It's 807, all right. But it's a deserted house. Uh, We'll find out if it is or not. Come on, Olsen. You... You mean you're just going in there? Just like that? Well, why not? There's where Lois said she was, didn't she? Come on. But, but you can see nobody's in there. No, I can't. The house is dark. The windows are boarded over, and I can't see through them like, see through them like Superman. Well, are you coming or not? I... I... Oh, aren't you even going to call the police first? Lois is in trouble, and you want to wait for the police. Ah... Stay in the car. I'll take care of this alone. No, no, wait, Mr. White. I'll go with you. Thanks for nothing. I'll go now. Watch these steps. Because if they fall apart, the cat, I mean a bird, stepped on them. The whole house looks that way. Gosh, do you really think Miss Lane is in there? Well, that's what we're going to find out. I wonder if we ought to ring the bell. Yes, 
No. I don't know. Big help you are. Well, why not? Here it is. Hmm. I don't hear it ring. No, neither do I. Mm, out of order, probably. I'll bang on the door. You hear anything? No. I'll try again. Door open. Yes. I don't see anybody. Hello? Who are you saying hello to? To to whoever opened the door. Nobody opened it. The latch was loose and the door opened when we banged on it. Oh. Come on. Wait. You mean in the house? No, in your father's mustache. What do you suppose I mean? Come on now and stay close behind me. Holding their breaths, Perry White and Jimmy Olsen stepped timidly into the dark, dilapidated old house at 807 Myrtle Drive. What will they find? Now, back to the adventures of Superman. It is night. Perry White and Jimmy Olsen have come to a dilapidated, seemingly deserted old house on the outskirts of Metropolis in search of Lois Lane. Moving cautiously... They have just passed through the shadowy vestibule into the pitch blackness of a room. Can't see a thing. Will I light a match? Oh, no, no, don't. Why? Well, if someone's here, they'll see it. Well, that's what I want to find out. I don't want to trip over anything and break a leg. Ah, here we are. The room's empty. Except for about six inches of dust. Lois! Oh. What's the matter? You scared me. Yeah, that's too bad. Lois! Lois! Are you here? See, I told you she wasn't. Come on, let's get out of here. Not until we've gone through the house and made sure she isn't here. Go through the house? That's right. Lois said she was here and needed us. Now, come on. There's another room straight ahead. Light another match. You just told me not to. I know, but... But it's awful spooky in the dark. Spooky, my eye. What's the matter? Something ran between my feet. What? I don't know. Come on. Oh. Aren't you going to light a match? I've only got a few left in the package, and I don't want to waste them. Who laughed? I don't know. It It sounded right near us. Yes, wait. Wait, I'll, I'll light a match. What's that? What? That, that knocking sound. Oh, but my knee. Well, keep them quiet. Oh, my gosh. It's Perry White. Who, 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 who said that? Oh, I that match, Mr. White. There's nobody here. Then, then who laughed and talked? I, I don't know. The voices were in this room. I, I, yes. Then who? Oh, what? The match burnt my fingers. Perry White and Jimmy Olsen. It's Perry White and Jimmy Olsen. Perry White. Good God, Perry. lizards. Jimmy Olsen. Petrified, Perry White and Jimmy Olsen stand in the dark, musty room of the old house, surrounded by strange, whispering voices, repeating their names over and over. It's Perry White and Jimmy Olsen. It's Perry White and Jimmy Olsen. What is happening? And what will happen? Well, tomorrow's episode is tense and exciting, so don't fail to tune in, same time, same station, for more of the mystery of the talking cat.
in the adventures of Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Fellows and girls, be sure to follow the adventures of Superman. Brought to you every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station, by the grand old Kellogg Company of Battle Creek. And for other thrilling adventures of Superman, see your local newspaper. Superman is also a copyrighted feature, appearing in Superman DC Publications. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!